What's up, Dunwoody? My name is Matt Weber. I'm a realtor and restaurant owner. We started the show a little over a year ago to meet people around Dunwoody. Um, we record the conversations and share them with our listeners. We've interviewed small business owners, politicians, entertainers, council members, journalists, and about half the staff at City Hall. So thanks for joining us. Please hit the subscribe button so you don't forget about us. And if you'd like to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on the show, if it's good. Um, well, that two-star review has been discussed more than any of the good ones, but we'd prefer at least two stars. So today's call to action. Subscribe, review, and most importantly, please remember me when it comes time to sell your home. With me, as always, is Justin Dyke. He is self-employed like myself and wears many hats. Justin is founder of PoolDues.com and CartoonSmart.com. When we started the show, it wasn't me. Justin was the one putting it together. Um, it was something I really wanted to do, but I did not have the technical skills to pull it off. So I wanted to take a minute to recognize my brother-in-law. Not sure if he was um, helping me or looking after my wife, which is his baby sister. But the stupid little podcast has changed my life, and uh, I couldn't have done it without him. So thank you, Justin. The show is brought to you by Village Orthodontics. Village Ortho is located in the village, obviously. Our buddy Matt Warner introduced us to Brett a while back. Brett started his practice around the same time we got into this, and I kept seeing him around the community. He sponsors all the local elementary schools and events. Uh, it's tough to avoid his blanket marketing, so we thought we'd approach him about teaming up with us. The Village Ortho sponsorship money goes right back into the show to pay for editing and social media ad spend takes a lot of our time to run the show, and the arrangement we've worked out with Brett has really made it a little easier to produce. We can focus on bringing you the most valuable content, stuff that you're going to use in your day-to-day -day around Dunwoody, and that's why you're listening, to stay informed and to know what's going on in your community. Do you know the details about the new amphitheater going in Brook Run? That would be a good conversation starter at the kids' soccer practice. Do you want to feel confident walking in to vote for this year's city council and mayoral election? We'll break it down for you over the next few months, and I'm going to really push hard to get everybody on the ballot to come on the show. Do you want to be the first to hear about new restaurants opening? We got you covered with that, too. Uh, we've actually got a whole Facebook group devoted to that. Do you want to understand the trail systems around Dunwoody and where it's safe to ride with kids? Hey, that's why you're listening now. Today's guest is on the Dunwoody Homeowners Association board with me. He's a good guy and is trying his best to improve our community. Joe Seconder has traveled all over the world for work and pleasure, and he's done most of it on a bike. Now he's bringing that bike walk lifestyle back to the streets of Dunwoody. He's actually pushing to make changes all over North Atlanta. Um, Joe may not be the only proponent of bike and trailways around Dunwoody, but he's definitely the loudest voice. When choosing guests for the show, we want the loudest voices, but you can't just be loud. Positivity is key. This man isn't just fighting for his crunchy granola bike lanes. He believes that connecting our city with trail routes will change lives for generations. That's the kind of volunteers we need to keep Dunwoody moving forward. That's why my man Joe is on this week's show. Here's the first part of our conversation with Joe Seconder. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. Today we've got on Joe Seconder. Joe is, um, what was it, Bike Walk? Bike Walk Dunwoody. Bike Walk Dunwoody. This is the opposite of all the highways we've been talking about. And you're completely against bikes, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Only walking. I gotta retool my notes then. Sorry, man. <laughs> it's the opposite. No, we're not against anybody. Joe, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. How long you been here? Yeah, I moved to Metro Atlanta in, in 84, actually. So I've lived over by uh, in, in East Cobb, Sandy Springs, Roswell, et cetera. Um, heck, I, I, I delivered pizzas at Northridge and Roswell Road for three years out of the Pizza Hut there. Uh, that's talking about game right there. Georgia State, man. There you go. 
Um, and then uh, how's how's pizza tips in college towns? They suck, I tell right? You, yeah, you know, but it is what it is. But it helped helped uh, help pay my way through college. Yeah, I delivered at, at UGA. I delivered to uh, it was apartment complexes and mobile homes, pretty much yeah. exclusively, and Better. it was all parents' money too. So you weren't getting too much of tips. I tell you, I started off. I did the deep dish meat lovers, and let's go for it. And then at the end of the three years, I was doing the thin crust veggie. Yeah, the and, the, and you'd open the car the next morning. Oh my God, I got sick of the smell of pizzas. I just yeah. like oh. So I love you, Pizza Hut, but, you know, it was just a little over the top. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and uh, the whole issue, well, the whole idea concurrently with my uh, background in the civilian side, uh, pay pay for uh, job is working in the IT field, um, worked at ADP Payroll, worked at Oracle, a place called PeopleSoft, big back office ERP systems, runs accounting, personnel finance kind of transaction. So I've been in that field for about 24 years now. Did consulting, worked over in Europe for seven years as well. Uh, worked for my company, got transfer to Switzerland. So that was pretty awesome, you know. Here you want to, I took German in college, uh, I took some international business school training, and, and I was also in the National Guard here in Georgia. I got to go there for a month or so on, a, on, a, on an exercise, and I said, well, this is kind of cool. So uh, went over there uh, with my civilian job, uh, lived in Zurich, Switzerland for four years, uh, went up to Copenhagen, spent a year there on an assignment. Those are fun. Yeah, it was great. And then uh, even spent a few months in Belfast, Northern Ireland, which was kind of wild. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you Do live Do it while there. you're young, right? Do it while you're young, right. Um, married, no children, so it's a little more flexible there. And the wife, uh, Kathleen, love you, honey. Um, she she allowed me to move over there, allowed us to do that. And uh, But, you know, she, she had a great time, too. It's a great experience seeing people living over there um, and seeing how things interact, you know, different way of life. Um, and then, and then the whole, you know, okay, I'm in the biking thing, right? But uh, it's it's really kind of selfish. I want to say this is selfish because I want my wife to be able to ride on the roads with me, and she, for some reason, won't ride down Ashford Dunwoody. She won't ride on Mount Vernon today. I can't believe it. I just can't. Scared of it. the spandex and clip-ons. Yeah, no. Why doesn't she like these like two thousand pound vehicles just brushing <laughs> by you within a foot away, right? Uh, P.S. We have a three-foot safe passing law in Georgia. It was. Uh, we. Th- I want to thank former Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle for putting that through in the office, and Nathan Deal for signing that into law. And it states that if you are a in a motor vehicle, and there's a person on a bike, you need to give them a three-foot berth, and that means waiting if you need to until the coast is clear to pass them. So just think about that. It's safety. Um, we really don't want to be in your way. Uh, it's not a bikes versus cars thing, and it could be anybody. This could be your parents, your your neighbor, uh, a person going to school just or work. Just give them a little wide berth. I appreciate that. Three feet isn't much, though. And, and I don't think people really know what that is, you know, when they're in the driver's side of their car, you know, versus, you know, on the sideways. Yeah, it's just tough. It, it's tough. I mean, I think I give people more like 20 feet if I can, <laughs> right? Sure. I mean, there's a, uh, Roswell Police. If you go to YouTube and look up Roswell Police uh, three foot passing, they have a nice video on there. They they introduced and they show an example of you crossing the center turn line, your lane line. You're moving through that yellow line across that way. Imagine a uh, UPS truck stopped or a post office postal truck stopped. Police right? car. Police car pulled over. Exactly. So you're gonna wait. Coast is clear. Move over. That's great. And, of course, for the folks that are already out there on the road, the spandex riders, when we do build those bike lanes, when we do put in a few extra feet of shoulder, that's even better, right? So the cyclist can be off 
a little bit more and the drivers are able to pass much easier. Still, even if there's a bike lane, it's still a three foot, three foot passing berth uh, distance that we'd, we'd like. That's interesting. I've never heard that before where you, they've told you to go to the other, you know, cross over that middle lane. So yeah, people can eyeball that pretty easily. Yeah. Well, police we, will pull you over if you don't get all the way, if you don't switch lanes, you know what I mean? Unless the lane is wide enough to begin with, right? right. Um, and that's a gray area in the law um, that we'd like to get uh, clarified, actually. So again, the Roswell police show that on their video that you can cross the yellow line, the center line. Uh, again, it's the same way if you're passing a, a tractor or somebody stopped along the road. How would you pass them? Okay. Yeah. Don't pass too many farmers these days, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Slow-moving farmers with their crops. <laughs> right, right. You see the share the road signs out there. Um, and if you go out the rural, you'll see it. I've seen it with the tractor. It says yeah. share the road. All of our farms are now used for uh, movies and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> camp flashbacks and stuff exactly. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, I'm excited about going to the St. Patrick's Day Battle of the Bands this weekend. Uh, go yeah, are you going to go to that? I Sunday? Guess, are we both going to It'll that? It'll be fun, yeah. Okay. Have you heard about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like a great time. Dunwoody Idol? Yeah. We'll have, to, we'll have to cut this out. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's get back into bikes then. Yeah, sure. Sure. You know, so the history, you know, so I came back from Europe and I was like, this is not what I expect. You know, I, this is like, why can't I want, I want to be able to ride and I would like to have my wife ride with me. Just casual rides, short trips. I go out and ride 30, 40 miles. Sure. I, I ride from Dunwoody down to Chastain Park, take back roads and so on. I can ride to, into the Beltline. I've done that. I'm fine. I've ridden from here to Lake Lanier. Okay, you find some ways. Certain there's a few little segments that are tricky, but you know, Lake Lanier Islands, it's 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 pretty darn awesome when you can go somewhere. Yeah, but are there bike riding apps that are good for? I mean, do, is there a ways that people can put in their input and that kind of thing? Yeah, that's a or great. Is it ways? That's a great comment there. Yeah, there's one app called Strava. So um, I've heard of that one. I'm on that. It's folks that run, they walk, they want to just log as GPS enact, uh, in a, enabled. It's a, it has is it your, your your it'll even sync up with your uh, Fitbit, etc. And you can track your you know what you've you've ridden, and so you can go out there and see where are other people riding. Yeah, does um, it tell you where the bike lanes are or anything like well, that? Well, that is a little input more your trickier. own stuff. Yeah. yeah, I would do. First stop for me is Google Maps. There's a there's a setting you can turn on bicycling. There's a uh. layer, so um, there's it depends on which. There's a little three hash mark. I call it like a, a hamburger, hamburger sign. Hamburger, see? Oh my gosh, you're the only two people on the planet that call it a hamburger. Nice. That's hamburger. amazing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See? And I tried to tell that to Rates the other day. I was like, guess what Matt calls this? The hamburger. And she goes, why? I don't see it. I go, well, I guess you know if you, it's a very minimalist. Patty and I heard it somewhere. It just stuck. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. I like, but now I think of it as the hamburger. Yeah. But I thought you well, made that up. No, no, that's I'm awesome. Oh no, this is an official technology terminal. Term, you know, hamburger. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, 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 I demo, demo. You know, I show software. I, yeah, that's the IT guy. The IT, IT guy said hamburger. hamburger. So it's a freaking hamburger. Well, and it's true because every website now kind of has the hamburger. If if they're mobile friendly, the it's, top menu folds up and you get the hamburger. Right, yeah. it's a menu. Right, so you go there. Anyway, you'll see a little icon called bicycling, and you look up Dunwoody, and it's maybe eighty uh, percent correct. Okay, to show where bike lanes or trails are. Um, and there's a way of putting input into that um, and having that updated in Google Maps as well. And I've talked to the city GIS folks. That's uh, 
Geographical Information Systems. Thanks for breaking that down for me. GIS, right, right, where they, they have it in their systems. Where are the bike lanes or the trails? Where are the wider uh, shoulders, et cetera? So I would do that when I'm new to a city or I haven't ridden before. I'll do Google Maps. I'll do the street view. I do not want to ride on a 45-mile-an-hour or higher road without any paved shoulder as a minimum. I just don't. That's not, that's just me. I'll do Street View, et cetera. And then I'll look at Strava, where are people riding? Uh, in addition, on the city's website, on, on City of Dunwoody's website, uh, under transportation, you can look up, there's a, uh, a bicycle network map, actually. And, uh, and what's great about that is you can see what's planned and programmed as well as what's existing. That's a couple years old, and it's still, what's well, a good problem to have? It needs to be updated. Yeah. <laughs> because we've, we've added some more. That means something's happening, at least. Absolutely. Right, right. And over on the Bike Walk Dunwoody website, I put together a few years ago this year-by-year build-out. It's kind of interesting where when we started as a city, you know, we didn't have any kind of bike facilities or paths or trails. And then look at all the sidewalks we're adding as well. It's just awesome, right? Um, but you can see this year-by-year build-out of blink, 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 blink. And say, well, why are you building just a bike lane here? Why are you building just a bike lane there? Well, it's like a tooth. And you're building these teeth out. They might not all be ne- next to each other, but eventually they will. Yeah. Right? And then there's an all of the above. The bike lanes for people that are already out there. So if you're riding today on the road and you're going to the uh, Sandy Springs Marta Station on Mount Vernon, you know, let's build those facilities out there. So it's a little safer for you to be out there. Is it going to get new people out there? Maybe a few, right? But I still see adults riding on sidewalks. Fine, that's good for them, wherever they feel comfortable, right? Um, but then we want to build out not only the bike lanes, but a trail network, right? Mm-hmm. And and you see that slow build out. Um, my, my nirvana, my, my ultimatum, uh, you know, ultimate place to be would be that we've got trails and or these high quality separate facilities. They don't necessarily, not necessarily have to be a 12 foot, 12 foot wide two-way concrete path but something separate that you're not riding in between the curb and gutter with right next to motor vehicles right and with some sort of barrier that would be my maximum level of safeness which is where i feel comfortable taking the entire family out that they can't one of them can't just drift off into the you know absolutely right absolutely so you know you want to be able i'd love to see connections from our georgetown to jet ferry to brook run to um, our city hall, to Dunwoody Village, over to the perimeter area, connecting these little nodes and villages, connecting the parks and the, and the schools. Actually, you know what my ideal comfort level would be for taking the whole family out? would be like seven stationary bikes on top of an autonomous car, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just act like you're riding real yeah, fast. Yeah, I think right. that would be really neat. Well, Less chance of you losing one of your five children yeah. that way. I mean, they're all with you. Well, have you seen the bike, uh, the ones that, that are riding with, with a keg on there? And, <laughs> no. And, and, and you're, it's a party bike. You've Hold got, on. <laughs> everybody's facing indoors, in, inside. It's like a truck, but it's all human-powered. <laughs> it's got one guy up front steering, and everybody else is just pedaling, and the middle is, is the taps. Oh, well, we'll have to put that in the notes. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll look we, that up and put that yeah, in the notes. I'm, looking at, I'm <laughs> just yeah, looking yeah, it up yeah, right It's now. awesome. Yeah, I'm it's listening. like a party pick thing. <laughs> Absolutely. What is it called? Well, I have to have to Google that, but party it's like bike. party bike on, on on wheels, kegger, and maybe they have. I've seen it maybe in Charleston or Savannah. <laughs> of course, New Orleans. You know they're going to have it. Yeah, they probably got a bunch of them. Right, right, right. Yeah, I so, think I, I think I pull it up. Exactly. 
<laughs> yeah. That thing. That's great. Yeah, well, it's even better than that. But that's that's cool, too. Yeah, you just show it. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's remember yeah. we're on a podcast. That's right, true. That's well, good. anybody no can go do that Google search. Google search. That's we'll a lot it, of extra we'll weight, though, to pull, put on a bike. Yeah. <laughs> Two or three kegs. You, you, you're burning the calories, man. Well, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Then you, you gotta can work harder. Work, yeah. So, you know, we're talking about the facilities, the bike lanes, et cetera. And I'm going back a little bit my history where, you know, I came back from Europe and I said, things could be better. What do I, what can I do? And instead of sitting around having a beer complaining or saying there's nothing I can do or be um, uh, just full, full day, daily life of activities. Uh, I don't have children as my wife and I, it's no problem. You know, it's, it's good that, hey, I've got time. My wife gives me a long leash. She allows me to go to these meetings a flex hours, home office, so and a passion, right? So I just using the internet and getting myself interjected to these places. I, I went to meetings. I go to the G dot meetings. I go to planning meetings. I bring people together, um, and I just self taught advocate here. Um, in two thousand nine, I got on the state board of Georgia Bikes, the statewide advocacy board. I was the president a couple of years ago of that. So the whole statewide as well. Um, and, and you're just out there being engaged and seeing what other cities or states are doing things and how long did it take to get well, there. The countries. Then the countries yeah. too, right? So when people look at, like say, so when you're doing all that work in the long run, you, you now know how long it takes to do a project. Look at the Vermac, uh, Mount Vernon intersection improvement project, right? So much work is going into that. They've got to move utilities and, and lines and easements and engineering and things happen along the way, right? It's such a long, drawn-out process. And when people just look at that and say, what's going on? Why is it taking so long? you got to go back, really, and look at peel back the layers of the history. So when you see a project being built, like, for instance, uh, this, this new bridge down at the end of Old Springhouse Lane, okay? Do you know all the steps the city had to do to get that? It's, it's just incredible, like, so the townhomes were being built on the other side over on Perimeter Center East, okay? And as part of that, they had the, the townhome developer bought the land on the other side of the creek where the bridge is being built and the trail over at the end of Old Georgetown mm-hmm. there. The, 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 the townhome, that was not buildable. Those lots were non-buildable because they're in a floodplain, right? They had the townhome people buy that land and, and, and send it back, the flipped it back to the city. To? Well, they said, well, it's, it's like easement, it's greenway. Deal. It was part of the deal, right? And then for them to build on the, their side of the creek, they built a trail, and it goes all the way up to the main road. Yeah. And so, again, that's something I would have known nothing about if you wouldn't have been posting about you know, it. So, so eventually. By yeah. the way, I got on that bridge yesterday. It's great. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a, they're, they're, they're missing a few planks, but I yeah. mean, other than that, it's, you Ooh. know. <laughs> it's walkable. <laughs> Unofficial, not open yet. No, it's definitely not. But open yet. yeah, yeah. Oh, Enjoy so this. you shouldn't have been on the bridge. You, no, no. I went. Under, but by the time yeah. everybody's listening to this, the bridge should be open. That's right, man. It's moving quick. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah the rain is the biggest issue, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. But but if you look at all these different pieces, so here's a developer coming in building townhomes. The city, instead of spending public dollars, had the developer put a trail in on their side, right? So that's that's got to be in a plan. One of those teeth, right? One of those teeth. Amen. And then and then they they get the land on the other side. Now the city's building that and putting that in there using city funds. Yes, it is doing that. And I will big shout out to the city of using city dollars versus federal. So you can potentially apply for a grant and so on. But that's drawing it out, right? It takes a long more, more time. Um, 
So who would just to yeah. stop you real quick yeah, yeah. The, with our city government? Is it just Michael that Michael Smith that's in charge of of the bike lanes and that kind of thing, or are you working with Brent also? So Brent Walker Parks and Rec, Mike Michael Smith Public Transportation, right? And by the way, those, those they are awesome guys, and I'm glad they're employees. P.S. And a aside, yes, you know they used to be all contractors. Years ago, it was 100% contractors in their city except for our police, okay? And, and, and these guys are paid through a third party to deliver services to the city. And, and, and I, I love them to death, but where's your, initial, where's your allegiance? And could you give them like a spot bonus for doing pay for performance, variable comp? You know, you couldn't, right? So they brought them in as employees, which I think is awesome for continuity and, and keeping that knowledge trans, knowledge in their head without yeah. the brain drain. So Michael Smith has done an awesome, awesome job as a director of public works. We adopted a complete streets policy several years ago. The city council signed on to a complete streets policy. It says that we will take into consideration accommodating multimodal means of transportation, i.e. pedestrians, disabled, people on bikes, uh, buses, transit, etc., into when we redesign a road. Not just repaving, but when we actually build new roads, etc., or you know, new projects. So that's why we're retrofitting, incorporating new sidewalks into projects, uh, also bike lanes. Okay. Now we'll talk about the difference where you want a good separated, protected bike lane, a separated barrier, but that's complete streets and really that's Michael Smith. Um, because you can have the policy, but if you're not implementing it on a daily basis, right? if you don't have that staff member and that person running that department really following that, things can slip through the cracks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a huge shout out to Michael Smith. We have, we have it's called a, a road diet. I don't mean to be anti-car, but basically it's re-engineering our streets as well. So when we're repaving at the cost of just restriping, we've put in bike lanes for free in the city. On North Shaliford, between 285 up toward Peeler, when they repaved that, they put in bike lanes for free because it was already wide enough. They didn't reduce any lanes at all. Perimeter Center East, where City Hall used to be, that was two. That was four lanes originally, and they re-engineered that and made it because it's 25 miles an hour. And they they looked at the throughput and they put some strategic you know center turn lanes in, but they redesigned that, re-engineered it, and re-striped it when they repaved it and they added bike lanes there. It's because they knew you'd be writing them if they, they didn't. knew. They knew. <laughs> Calling they knew. them. And and you look at over by in front of the Target. Um. I forget the names of all these roads. Cut-through street there. That cut-through street there, they went through uh, a huge uh, um, public outreach with the, the... It was also a four-lane road, two lanes each way, no center turn lane. So, you know, the center turn lane helps, right? When cars want to make a left turn, it keeps people moving. It doesn't back up every everything. Um, so you look at two lanes each way versus a reconfiguration. So what he did was make a continuous center turn lane. And then one lane each direction, and then he added bike lanes. And and he put in a pedestrian crossing. And the bike lanes give a a buffer between the the cars and the the sidewalk as well, right? So a lot of these sidewalks, they're right against the curb. And how comfortable does that feel? Yeah, not as a parent. Right. Oh, God, no. It's horrible. You you can feel the the wind of the the cars and trucks blowing by you. So if you put in the bike lane, um, you're putting the cars further away from the people walking. And it also helps to just kind of slow the traffic a little bit, calm. You're still moving efficiently, right? So that was a, a reconfiguration, and he did a demonstration project first. He put up orange. First, they had these public meetings, and guess who were the biggest uh, folks that were not so keen on that? The absentee 
landowners from the buildings. The property owners, the management companies that owned those office buildings, they didn't want to redesign and re-engineer the road. Well, they don't get a say. They were not. They went out and they were like, they, they, they didn't want to lose another lane. They felt like it would be an impediment to, you know, selling their office space, rent, leasing their office space. Yeah. So the, the, the people that worked there were fine. They met with the employees. They met with the local citizens. They met with people. They had these meetings. And then what did they do? After they repaved the road, they put orange construction barrels as a temporary, okay, here's how that's going to be config, configured. So, okay, if you don't trust us, we'll just lay it out there and see if things go, go to hell. It didn't, right? So it's this, it's this fear of the unknown, fear of change, and then they redesigned it and did it. So you went out and bought a bunch of orange barrels? Absolutely. You're going to start doing that around absolutely, town. Absolutely. Nobody yeah, says yeah. anything. It's just a lane all We're going to reconfigure it. <laughs> Any of us can do that. Yeah. That's it's easy. <laughs> Orange cones. Get a, get a construction vest and you look like you know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Get away with it. Yeah, yeah. That and a hard hat. You can get into like the White House with a clipboard. I'm sure you can. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So so it's interesting. You know, Michael Smith's running all this. You see, he's doing the on-road and Brent Walker's doing the trails. So it's really, the trails fall under Parks and Rec. Um but, you know, it's truly a means of transportation as well, right? You know, we, I tell you what, let's talk about the trail and Brook Run, okay? So let's think about that. We had a city manager, Warren Huntmacher, our first city manager. Now, I did not, I was not privy to behind-the-scenes talks, et cetera. But we're talking a new city. We became a city in 2008, standing up in 2009, et cetera. Brent, uh, I mean, uh, Warren Huntmacher's talking about, let's put some trails in. Where could we do it? Where's the least controversial place in the city where we could put in some trails as a demonstration project, kind of put it out there and let things percolate, let the citizens get used to this change, something different, right? So where'd they put it? Brook Run Park. What happened? Lawsuit. They got an injunction. The neighbors adjacent to Brook Run Park in the phase one, it was one mile, and then another phase two, the second mile, to make a two-mile loop. That was our first multi-use trail on city-owned property. And they were putting in an additional 100-foot buffer away from the property zone, property owners on the back end. And they were also doing correct engineering uh, for runoff, stormwater runoff, extra design to make sure that even less water would go downstream into the property owner's area. But uh, I, don't, I don't know the legal term, but they, you can apparently if something's going on, you can go to the, the county court and file a temporary, it's not a restraining order, an injunction. Yeah. Legally, it's called a hissy fit. <laughs> Amen. And, and these people, bless their hearts, you know, um, they, they found an uh, you know, environmental attorney pro bono to file that lawsuit, and we, it stopped the project for a while. Cost the city a bunch of money, I'm sure. Cost the city money, for, and and people were putting yellow yellow uh, ribbons around the trees because it was the save the trees, don't cut any trees down. And the city of Dunwoody has a no net loss of tree policy, so that for these trees that are over a certain diameter, um, they're going to plant new trees within you know the city. And uh, think, I love that. Would you imagine if Georgia DOT had that pro- policy? Yeah, <laughs> they've been <laughs> ripping no out trees all along. Trees, yeah, you know. <laughs> So we, we planting new trees and so on. So, you know, they put the, put the path in. They built the second segment. And, and all of a sudden, you know, look, there are people that have came up and said, you know, I was against this and this is just the best thing, mm-hmm. right? And then let's talk about how precarious it was to connect that trail outside of Brook Run. So now today it goes across. You can go across another bridge, across the creek, over to this Pernishall 
part. Well, let me stop you right there. You've been yeah. watching this for a long time. Back when the city was founded, I think it was 10 years ago, it seems like they had already planned out a lot of this or an, or an idea of what they were going to do with Pernishaw. Is, is that the case? Eh, or has it been more recently? It's kind of like a higher level vision of... we. First of all, our, our master plans, we do not have a separate bike ped trail plan, master plan. Sandy Springs does. Brookhaven does. Roswell's undertaking one now. A separate bike ped trail plan. Those plans, those trail plans have been incorporated into both our parks plan and our transportation plan. So you got to go to both documents to kind of see what the idea is. So there's these broad, general, overarching ideas of where we want to have trails, mm-hmm. but the low-level specifics uh, are, are much more in a year-by-year, project-by-project It basis. seems like with Pernishaw and the Georgetown area, I mean, it seems it's a straight line, except for Old Springhouse. That wasn't planned out. Yeah. If you hold up the blueprints in the sun at an exact time, it'll show you in the shadows where the real... Oh, okay. Uh, right. So, you know, it's it was these projects of opportunity right so we had the whole idea this whole project renaissance idea right um which was in the in the economic bust where they were supposed to build i don't know how many hundreds of new apartments and they call it the pvc farm because it was stubbed out they put a road in and they had all these pvc pipes stuck yeah, up. for the listeners that don't know that's across from pernishaw mm-hmm. yeah exactly so those are the john whelan homes and there's a pocket park in the middle there where there's bocce ball courts by the way yes mm-hmm. boo yeah i like yeah. those bocce ball, bocce ball. haven't you was... haven't used them in three years but you know they're there <laughs> yeah. that was a pretty good plan from the city though to, to yeah would they sold the Whelan home, or they sold Whelan those homes, and then that paid for the land, right? Right. They 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 sold off each separate lot one by one to Whelan as Whelan would build them out. Ah. Yeah. 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 So yeah. But that gave us the the space to actually do a the project to put the park to put the park park pocket park in there and, and then actually we have the trail going through that development as well so you can go from shambly dunwoody over to north shalford on that trail through that development yeah dunwoody green is the name of that That's there you a, go yeah. right right so so go back to pernishall park so this is also part of that whole you know the city buying this land that they got a loan from georgia municipal association for something like 16 million dollars or something real low interest loan to buy that because we didn't have the cash on hand right so it's a two projects two separate sides of, of the North Shalford. And over on that east side of North Shalford, where they have that new park, Pernishaw Park, which is awesome, right? We've got basketball courts, a very active place. They have uh, movies at night it's where there. we play our soccer games right now. Yeah, it's really old. great. I've driven by many times. I've not gotten out of the car once. Yeah. <laughs> I keep I, telling the kids. I'm like, I've taken your really son nice. there before. Yeah. We should go down there. <laughs> There's a pavilion there you can rent out. I've, I've rented that out before as a bike walk. It's a nice Dunwoody. pavilion. We had a park there, picnic, a picnic there once. Um, but so at the back end of that, again, John Whelan is building some homes at the back end of there and, and so on. Now you've seen them rip out all the trees, and that's another story. Oh, they're doing that. So John Whelan is behind Pernishaw also. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's so also both John. sides of the road is John Whelan. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Right. So when, when we built the park, there was a, uh, there was a one uh, lump sum to put the park in, city, park, city funding to build the park and amenities, and also to put the trail in along uh, um, North Shalford and also back toward um, Brook Run. What transpired before that, uh, a year or two before that, maybe not even a year or two before that, was how do we connect from Brook Run to Pernishaw? There was some private land. So we went with uh, Peachford Hospital. They gave us, they gave for free easement on their property to go back alongside their property 
to put in a trail. Then there were the apartments where we had, uh, it was a little bit of property. I think it was like 30 grand or something. It was like chump change. You know, we our city budget is like 30 million, right? So it was like 30 grand or so for us to buy a sliver of land from the apartments. And then we also had to agree to put in some landscaping up along uh, North Shaliford where we're going to put the trail in, okay? Put some nice landscaping and put a new sign for the apartments. So to me, I thought that was a pretty good deal. We're not having to do a, a you know a, a imminent domain. We have a partnership here, and we do the easement. And what was your official role at the time? Citizen. The me? citizen. Okay, I'm right. just a citizen. That's, that's, yeah. I'm, oh, I've been going to council meetings. I'm one of these geeks that it's I just a dude on a bike. <laughs> I'm just a guy on the bike. I just want to ride. I go out on on Sundays, Friday evenings, go to Hennigan's blog, and I download the city council agendas. All right, and I look at stuff. And then all of a sudden, then you've got, and then it's a Monday, by the way. And so you got an agenda that shows up on Friday. And if you've got something that, that you got to call to action on, you got to spend all that weekend getting people to show up to a council meeting on Monday night. Yeah. I mean, that's like quick, quick turnaround. Yeah. So, so this, this $30,000 expenditure went to a council vote. Do you know how that vote went down? Yes. <laughs> no. Four to three. It passed by one vote. Wow. Why would they not want that? I'd like you to go look at that vote and ask the people that vote against it. There were, I'm not going to name names, but one was, I don't want to spend the money. It's $30,000. Um, another one was environmental concerns that we're going to get into the wetlands. And, and I just don't know. It was four to three. Three council members voted against that. So it was one vote margin. And by the way, that, that phase one and two of the Brook Run Trail, that was also a split decision. It, it, there was a couple council members that voted against putting the trail in. Now, you know, we have seven council members, the mayor and, and six, right? So it's a collaborative thing. You're never going to get 100%, so it's great. But I just want to frame it to the citizens out there that you look at these things, you take it for granted. Don't. Um, you, you have to, you know, look at these things and, 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 and be engaged. Well, it's a huge selling point for the community now. Now that now that it's actually happened, I mean, I can see you know back then when they were like, "Well, will this ever actually come about?" Where we have all these interconnected trails and everything, and I can see people being like, "Ah, it'll probably never happen." So we'll vote we'll vote against it. Yeah. But now that we're like, you know, what seventy percent of the way there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and nobody's really voting against this stuff now, are they? We we haven't had any large votes right now for for a transformative project the, the the bridge right now at the old georgetown uh, old spring house is probably the most transformative but that's been on the books for like three years or so you know we need to just officially call that the boardwalk though right Why not? give it a name yeah because it is a literally boards that you're walking on and it looks like a boardwalk yeah. If, if you want to. to. I know you're stuck on this boardwalk to thing. prove me right from yes. episodes ago you're right here i got I, it on recording yeah. you're right it's called a boardwalk. I called it a boardwalk. Why not? It looks like, great. Oh, it's not a boardwalk. Well, if there are boards on it, right? Yeah. Are there boards yeah, on it? Yeah, there's boards on it. Now, is it made out it's of just wood? It's not all the boards yet. Yeah. Or is it composite? So be careful. Oh, I think it's actual wood. Uh, they need to stain it. The composite is longer lasting, you know, costs yeah. more. Hold on. I, all right. Yeah. But, Keep going. Uh, well, well, let's go about, am I, is, am I Joe Seconder an outlier? Am I the, you know, crazy left-wing advocate here, spandex-laden person, you know? Uh, frame it, like, as well. So back in, you know, 2010 or something, I got appointed to the City Transportation Steering Committee over when we were doing the transportation plan initial. And I went to the, to the meeting, and, and again, uh, there's people that I, 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 I sort of knew, people I didn't know, kind of introducing and saying, what's your overarching, what are you looking for? 
And I was like the one of the last people to talk. And it was embarrassing me, to me because guess what people were asking for? Biking and walking. And, and, and I go to the end, I'm like, thank you. Wow, I didn't have to say anything. Thought you were going to be the only one there, huh? <laughs> yeah, and then and then when we've had these community surveys done, these are scientific surveys. They're very uh, methodical, introduced both online and mail-in and so on, and there's a high response rate. So we've had at, at least three of them in the last five years or so, and the, the number one asked for amenities under Parks and Rec are trails. Yeah. And, and you go back, to, and, the, and, and again, if we have separated protected bike facilities versus just a painted white line, that's great. Um, let's, let's pull back, let's peel back the layer. When we first became a city, we were spending close to maybe $2 million a year on repaving, right? Talk about funding for this stuff. Where does it come from? Yeah. Um, now we're spending over $3 million a year on just as-is repaving roads, right? And is that transformative? Is it going to change people's lives? Does it in, improve the resale value of homes? Is it Dunwoody, moved to Dunwoody, the smoothest, smoothest roads in all of Georgia? Uh, I think they're looking at schools and um, amenities and close to work and so on and so forth and parks. So imagine if we took like a million out of those three million a, a year and you said, you know, we're going we're gonna to pothole patch and we're going to put that million in each year in multi-use trails. And, and you could build at least a mile a year and start connecting these places. It's huge transformative thing, right? Well, all over Atlanta. All over Atlanta. Brookhaven. So we got a hotel motel tax, right? And we got an increase of that tax. Brookhaven did it as well. Now, Brookhaven's a younger city than us, right? Um, but they went ahead and took that motel, hotel motel tax, and they raised a bond. They issued a $9 million bond last year against the revenue stream. We are a pay-as-you-go, don't go in debt, because why? I don't know because who else is getting revenue bonds and generating bonds? Sandy Springs is, Roswell is, Alpharetta is, Brookhaven did. So Brookhaven we're got proud to be fiscally conservative. Fiscally That's conservative, right? So, so we're going to pay as you go. So maybe in like two more generations, we'll have the amenities that these cities are building out in the next five years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to take us another, you know, forty years to get what what these these places are going to have in five, without raising a bond. In reality, by then we'll have those autonomous cars. Exactly, we'll just be flying bikes. around. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, Brookhaven got a nine million dollar bond to accelerate their trail plan. Now they haven't built any trails yet, but they're going to do that, right? I'm excited um, about it. Yeah. So we have. It's going to connect us with the Beltline. Want to hear how the Beltline will eventually creep into Dunwoody? Make sure you hit that subscribe button to get the next episode when it comes out. Um, there's also a show with Parks Director Brent Walker where we dive into the Dunwoody Greenway. I think it's like maybe 26. Uh, check it out. Brent Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, 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 o